On today's episode, the true story of the Pope's exorcist. Today, Satan rules the world. The masses no longer believe in God. And yes, Satan is in the Vatican. Vatican. The chief exorcist for the Vatican, Father Gabriel Amorth, claimed to have performed over 100,000 exorcisms in his lifetime. He was once asked if he was ever frightened performing exorcisms. He said, never. I have faith. I laugh at the demon and say to him, I've got the Madonna on my side. I am called Gabriel. Go fight the Archangel Gabriel if you will. That usually shuts them up. In May 2012, 85-year-old exorcist Father Gabriel Morth would involve himself in the realm of conspiracy when he claimed that Emanuela Orlandi was kidnapped by a member of the Vatican police for sex parties and then murdered. In 2022, Netflix released the popular documentary Vatican Girl, The Disappearance of Emanuela Orlandi. It's almost fitting for our favorite gladiator, Russell Crowe, to portray Father Amorth in the film The Pope's Exorcist. Even after his passing in 2016 at the age of 91, his stories continue to send shivers down our spines. Get ready to enter a world where darkness reigns and the battle between good and evil rages on. Oh, and one other thing, we are losing. 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 You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. Alleged true stories. Christian, just... Okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Welcome to the Freaky Deaky, where we delve into the world of the unknown and eerie. Today, we are going to talk about a man who dedicated his life to the battle against pure evil. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's Scott. Cut that out. That's yeah. elementary at best. Anyway, Dedic- uh, this episode dedicated to Scott yeah, and the devil being absolutely rip roaring ready. So <laughs> if you are new to the show, take a moment out of your exciting existence please and hop onto those reviews for spotify and apple podcast well actually wherever you're listening to the podcast wherever you're listening from tap that five star review if you can type a little something something do it if not if it's spotify just tap the five and move on like okay. and describe on youtube or lady like and like s- and describe <laughs> the <laughs> youtube please if oh, you would I'll let like you if you would like and describe the youtube for us we'd be so grateful and while you're there comment on the episode let us know you're watching on youtube we're just trying to grow everything out we do different stuff on each platform. It's pretty rocking. You can find us at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you're on TikTok, at TFD Paranormal, where Christian and I are constantly being roasted by the youth. 
And that's great, guys. No that's hurt feelings here at all. It's fine. One of us is ugly. We don't know which. We don't know which. And it's okay. You, you know what I've realized, though? Is it's okay to be roast, uh, roasted by the youth on TikTok. That means we're doing something right. If, yeah, if you're on TikTok. That's what it means. And, you know, the youngins <laughs> don't call you out for being over 30. You ain't yeah. doing it right. Damn, I'm so sad. Call me the neighborhood because RIP to my youth. If we could just take one moment of silence for I'm never going to be young again. I'm going to be roasted from here until eternity. In the arms of the and angels. That concludes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moment is ruined. It's okay. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Actually, if you have a paranormal experience of your own, have you ever been exercised by I've exercised. a priest? Ooh, never by a priest, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was an altar boy, but a priest never, never exercised. never exercised next to a priest. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it gets freaky. Yeah, this is getting off the rails pretty early this time around. So, hey, how about we get into these stories? Oh, this, the exorcism. Kristen derailed us. It's fine. If you have a story of your own, have you ever known anyone that's been exercised? Have you been exercised yourself? Are you a demon listening to the podcast? Send those stories into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We want to hear them. In the meantime, Christian, take away the episode so I can relax. All right. This episode's about Father Gabriel Amor, who is portrayed in the movie The Pope's Exorcist by Russell Crowe. He didn't write the movie, but he's portrayed by it. Yeah. Right. And it's, I'm sure it's sensationalized. It's an exorcism movie. No, I'm sure it's exactly 100% spot on. How dare you? But please continue. Well, we'll see. But we're going to talk about the actual things he went through and some of the actual, we have some, a lot of quotes from him too. Nice. So it's going to be interesting if you like ex exorcism. Yeah, if you're not into interesting episodes, you might not enjoy this one. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> smart. Father Amorth had come to exorcism late in life, but with impressive credentials. Born in 1925 in Modena, northern Italy, the son and grandson of lawyers, whose brother is a judge, Gabriel Amorth, in his late teens, joined the Italian resistance. He moved up the ranks and would later be recognized for his valor. Of course, this was, he was recognized after the war was over because he was fighting against the government at the time. But like the priest of old, he could kill. Immediately after war, he became a member of the fledgling Christian Democratic Party. Giolo Andriotti was president of the Young Christian Democrats. Amorth was his deputy. Andriotti went into politics and was elected prime minister seven times. Amorth, having studied law at university, went into the church. Father Amorth wrote many books about his experience, including An Exorcist Tells His Story and An Exorcist More Stories, which detail very, very <laughs> riveting titles for yeah, these books. Yeah, he has better titles than that, but those the, are kind of funny. Yeah. What should we call the second one? Yeah. More stories. What, what accent was that? Your accent or his? Mine. Yours sounded kind of Russian. His is Italian. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Couldn't pull off Italian. I am Italian, but couldn't pull it off, ironically. Yeah. I could do Mario. Does that? That doesn't fit. Yeah, no, no. It's fine. That's not a real accent. It's a me. No, it's fine. You know what? You're right. It didn't, it didn't feel right. Yeah. Mario. His book, his two books detail his encounters with Satan and the demons that took hold of people's souls. Here's a quote from an interview he did. CatholicExorcism.org, 2001. Hey, that's where I go. Yep. For all my, for all my exorcism needs. Now you have to, yeah. I mean... Now you have to go through the Wayback Machine, but you can still get there. Yeah, now you have to buy their NFTs, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I knew nothing of exorcism. I'd given it no thought until June 6, 1986, when Cardinal Poletti, the then vicar of Rome, asked to see me. There was a famous exorcist in Rome then, the only one, Father Candido, but he was not well. And Cardinal Poletti told me I was to be his assistant. 
I learned everything from Father Candido. He was a great master. Quickly, I realized how much work there was to be done and how few exorcists there were to do it. From that day, I dropped everything and dedicated myself entirely to exorcism. After Father Candido Amantini's death, Amorth added something to the exorcism to filter out those that had made it through the vetting process but were not actually possessed. He wow. realized that over 90% of his cases that made it far into the screening, these people weren't possessed. Yeah, I'd imagine the majority of cases, the people aren't possessed. Yeah. But I definitely believe there's some where it's a real deal. So did Father Amorth. Yeah, him and I would be best friends. Yep. He wore a purple stole, which he made sure was wrapped around his and his patient's shoulders. Of course, he would carry holy water and the medal of St. Benedict of Nursia. Benedict was known to defeat Satan three times. Oh, hey. Yeah. Perfect 3-0 against the big guy, huh? Well, or the little guy, sorry. He, he won three against the big guy. They don't have the records of his losses. Maybe he lost 10. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't lose any. During prayers, he noticed the possessed often closed their eyes. He would have their eyes forced open during these prayers. If possessed and the eyes were forced open, you would only see white. Interesting. You'd think it'd be the opposite, but... In the interview, he would say, if the pupils are rolled upwards, the demons in possession are scorpions. If looking downward, they are serpents. Of course, snakes are a normal animal of evil in Christianity. Scorpion demons come from Mesopotamia, Mesopotamian mythology. So the scorpion demons are older than Judaism and Christianity. And there's a fun fact. Doubt it, but let's continue. Pazuzu, the demon from the exorcist, is also a Mesopotamian demon. Yes, indeedy. Feed the needy. Got another quote from Father Amorth talking about the exorcism. Ideally, the exorcist needs another priest to help him and a group nearby who will assist through prayer. The ritual does not specify the stance of the exorcist. Some stand, some sit. Ritual says only that beginning with the words, and this is going to be my first attempt at Latin, so I will apologize now. Good luck. That was me last episode with all kinds of names. Ece. No. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to do like an old Italian man <laughs> accent with it. I was like, oh God, what? Yeah. Christian don't act. Yeah. Ece crucem domini, which means behold the cross of the Lord. The priest should touch the neck of the possessed one with the hem of his stole and hold his hand on his head. The demons will want to hide. Our task is to expose them and then expel them. There are many ways to goad them into showing themselves. Although the ritual does not mention this, experiences taught us that using oil and holy water and salt can be very effective. Demons should be seasoned properly. Let me guess. You put that in there. I didn't put that in there. I just said it. Oh, off the cuff. Nice. Yeah. Demons are wary of talking and must be forced to speak. When demons are voluntarily chatty, it's a trick to distract the exorcist. We must never ask useless questions out of curiosity. We but must interrogate with care. We always begin by asking the demon's name. Sounds so don't just be chatty with, with the devil? Yeah, out of curiosity. Like, hey, how's... Like, hey, what did you think of Cool Runnings? Does it hold up? The demon's like, yeah, actually surprisingly well. Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> we got it. We got that accent we were looking for so desperately. <laughs> if it is the devil himself, he says, I am Satan or Lucifer or Beelzebub. We ask if he is alone or if there are others with him. Usually there are two or five, 20 or 30. We must quantify the number. We ask when and how they entered that particular body. We find out whether their presence is due to a spell and the specifics of that spell. During the exorcism, the evil may emerge in slow stages or in sudden explosions. He does not want to show himself. He will be angry 
and he is strong. During one exorcism, I saw a child of 11 held down by four strong men. The child threw the men aside with ease. I was there when a, a boy of 10 lifted a huge, heavy table. No two cases are the same. Some patients have to be tied down to a bed. They spit. They vomit. At first, the demon will try to demoralize the exorcist. Then he will try to terrify him, saying, Tonight, I'm going to put a serpent between your sheets. Tomorrow, I'm going <laughs> to eat your heart. That first one could be, I mean, a light flirting, if you actually think about it. Exactly. I don't know if... Yeah. yeah. When asked if he is sometimes frightened, never, I have faith. I laugh at the demon and say to him, I've got the Madonna on my side. I'm called Gabriel. Go fight the archangel Gabriel, if you will. And that usually shuts him up. Like a virgin. Yeah. For the very first time. He's got the Madonna on his side. Yep. Here we have something from the book, The Devil is Afraid of Me, by Father Gabriel Amorth. Edited by Marcello Stanzione. Stanzione. And Father Apapajan. Yes. In one particularly scary encounter from 1997, Amorth believed he had come into contact with Satan himself. The man, identified as a peasant living outside of Rome, began hurling insults at Amorth in English, even though he spoke only Italian. When Amorth began reciting prayers in Latin, the man became eerily quiet. But then, screaming and howling, the demon burst forth and looked straight at him, drooling saliva from the young man's mouth. Whoever you are... And all your companions who possess this servant of God, I command you, tell me your name, the day and the hour of your damnation, Amorth asked the demon. His response, I am Lucifer. Stanzioni writes that Amorth was incredulous and did not expect to receive such a terrifying response. As Amorth continued to pray aloud, Stan Stanzioni writes that the man resumed his shrieks, making the possessed turn his head back and his eyes roll. He remained like this with his back arched for a quarter of an hour. The devil eventually admitted defeat and left the man's body. For Amorth, it was another successful exorcism. For the rest of us, it's the tale of good versus evil that can sound unbelievable, but should also make, make us aware that of this never-ending battle in our lives can often transcend comprehension. Very true. The secret is to find your demon's weak spot. Some demons cannot bear to have the sign of the cross traced with a stole on an arching part of the body. Some cannot stand a puff of breath on the face. Others resist with all strength against blessing with holy water. We've seen that many times in movies. Relief for the patient is always possible, but to, to completely rid a person of his demons can take many exorcisms over many years. For a demon to leave a body and go back to hell means to die forever and to lose any ability to molest people in the future. He expresses this desperation saying, I am dying. I am dying. You're killing me. You have won. All priests are murderers. Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, it's... Exorcisms are wild, man. Especially the ones that people like, the people that claim that they met up with the devil. Like pretty much like, I am Lucifer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here's the, here's the real question. If demons are liars inherently, can you ever really believe one if it says it's Lucifer? Because I, I think Lucifer was actually like not the villain of the, the Bible. Well, there are certain things Father Amorth talked about, and I think Candido taught him this, hmm. was that in the end, the demon has to say certain things truthfully because, you know, he's made by God or mm. it's made by God, and they have to follow the rules yeah. of, of being made by God, which answers in the name of Jesus during an exorcism mm. is, is my understanding of it. Yeah. How do you think people become possessed before I move on to this next, next section? You know, we posted something on Instagram a while back that actually, and this is great, I never got to talk about this, but occasionally post 
stories that don't make it into the episodes via like text posts on Instagram at Freaky Pod. And one of the stories was this couple that moved into a, an old house. The husband's writing the story. So he's talking about ever since they moved in or whatever, like when the snow melted, they saw a bunch of dead animals in their yard, right? <laughs> Like like rac- like raccoons, a couple squirrels and shit like that. Like just enough dead animals to be kind of concerned. Like, yeah. This is strange. And he said he started having these absolutely crazy thoughts. The thought was, I wonder what it's like to be possessed or I want to be possessed or something like that. Ooh. Uh, apparently he was hearing what he said in the house sounded like a TV was turned on in another room or something. Like a faint whisper enough that it just sounds like someone in the other room is watching TV, right? And so he was like, oh, it's so strange. But he's like, as soon as I leave, like when I go to work, I don't have those thoughts anymore. But the second I turn down our street, I start getting them again. And so eventually he he gets so like run down by this. He goes to his wife. And he's like, look, I got to tell you, I think I'm going crazy. And he's like, I keep having these thoughts. And she's like, that you want to be possessed, right? And so it turns out the wife was hearing the exact same thing and had heard something over the baby monitor one day wow. like, and all this shit. And so they eventually got out of the house. They're like, no, we can't. There's something weird here, right? But the idea that it could start as something like a thought, what's it feel like to be possessed? Or I wonder what it's like to be possessed. What if that's a demon that is like, latching, trying to latch onto you and being like, oh no, you want this. You want this open that door you want this and the crazy part about hearing that story because i'd never heard that take on it was that months and months ago my dad was talking to me about he knows i like crazy weird paranormal shit so he called me up and he was like i know you're into this weird stuff but i swear i it's like i just keep hearing something it sounds like a tv's turned on in another room like there's a conversation going on or there's something really faint that i just can't hear but when i really focus on it it goes away or if i go check it out there's nothing there and so when i heard that at first i'm like oh that's weird like that's a strange weird time for a haunting to take place in the house but my mom wasn't there and she's like the spiritual you know leader of the household pretty much and so it's just him alone and he said it did happen for a few days in a row and i was like when i read this story i just kind of correlated what they said about it to what my dad told me i was like oh shit what if some weird demon was going after my dad or something for for a few days did you tell your dad to go get some sage or something no but i do want to ask him about it i do want to follow up with him because that story really piqued my curiosity and i just haven't had a chance to ask him about it so we'll see. Tell but, him next time it happens to use his phone and record, and then we'll see. Oh, I tried. I, yeah, I told him, I was like, if you can hear something or it sounds strange, record that shit and send yeah. it over to me. Yeah, so to answer your question in short form, maybe it's a pesky thought that you have to give it permission, almost like vampires entering a home. Interesting. You have to give the demon permission to enter you. Interesting. Through mind trickery, of course, but still. Yeah. Also, don't ever put out a welcome mat, because theoretically, that invites the evil spirits into your house. Like, hey, 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 there's a loophole. Look, yeah. you welcomed us in with this fancy mat. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Amorath tells us, I believe God sometimes singles out certain souls for a special test of spiritual endurance. But more often, people lay themselves open to possession by dabbling with black magic. Some are entrapped by a satanic cult. Others are victims of a curse. He also says it is very difficult to perform a curse You need to be a priest of Satan to do it properly. Of course, just as you can hire a killer if you need one, you can hire a male witch to utter a curse on your behalf. Most witches are frauds, but I'm afraid some authentic ones do exist. Wait, I'm sorry. He's saying that you can curse, or is that how you get possessed? Is like through a witch's curse? Through it, yeah. Okay. I thought... There's a part of me there that took it in a moment, like he went to witches to get curses put on things. No, I was he like, says, what the hell? He says that mo- that the ones that can actually do dark Perform, stuff can put very on Very eloquently cur- put. Yeah, can put a curse on the victim yeah. and they can become possessed. Yeah, we had a video about that on YouTube a while back. Yep. 
the warthog demon, man. <laughs> he didn't believe it. He yep. didn't believe it. I said, that witch is real, dude. <laughs> Amorth would often say that it is a travesty that there are not more exorcists. He complained that in England, there are more Angli Anglican exorcists than Catholics. I'm actually was raised Anglican. Well, there you go. You're covered if you ever get possessed, yep. I guess. It was an epic battle against Satan, and no one cared to be prepared. That seems like the way it'd go, though. Honestly, you're like, what are we going to do? Fight the devil when we get there? Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. They show up, and people are crawling on the ceiling, and they're like, oh, oops, maybe. The Vatican is like, yeah, 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 devil, exorcist, go do your stuff. We got a meeting with the, the Vatican Bank here in a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Macabre humor, Christian. Yeah. Very macabre. Another interview he mentioned, remember when we jeer at the devil and tell ourselves that he does not exist, that is when he is happiest. The devil likes me, obviously, because I tell I say, I don't believe he exists. I know. He gives you gold stars every day, doesn't he? He does. Way to go, Christian. I, I wake up and see those stars and the smiley face, and I'm like, I don't know who did this. You, it must I... be Satan. You ironically named Wet Blanket you. It's fine. <laughs> While he performed over 100,000 exorcisms, Father Amorth said that the actual number of, of possessions were in the hundreds, not thousands. That'd be super annoying if you I had to go through that thousands of times and only like 100 people were actually possessed. Right. Ugh. But it also like gives him validation because he worked. He did work hard. And reading about him and learning about him, he was a believer. I mean, there was no doubt yeah. in his mind about that. He would criticize the Vatican because of some of his beliefs. Who amongst us, you know? Yeah. In cases that he said were actual possessions, 90% of them. <coughs> Sorry. Old man noises. <laughs> it didn't work last time I did that, so I better get some water. <clears throat> I didn't need to do that, but I was just mocking you openly. Yeah. Especially after the last <laughs> episode, I remember what happened to you. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds very dramatic, man. I don't think that happened. <laughs> you have to call 911 mid-episode. Uh, my co-host is choking on the air, I guess. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. In cases that he said were actual possessions, 90% of them were caused by patients' exposure to a spell, a curse, or Scott's favorite, a satanic ritual. I mean, look, if the shoe fits or the hoof or the... <laughs> The cloven hoof? No, the horseshoe. If the horseshoe fits, because that's what you put on hooves, right? Well, not not satanic hooves, because that's a goat. Oh, if the goat shoe fits. You know what? The Guys, cloven hoof. If the cloven hoof fits, then snap it on that clickety-clacker. <laughs> yeah, that's a great sentence. Amorth said again that most self-described witches, wizards, clairvoyants, or satanic priests or frauds. Are, are harmless cult enthusiast at best or mundane scammers at worst and he did believe that a small number of them had actual dark powers do you think he believed that because it's 100 percent true and he was right to him it's 100 percent true mm, okay and you know uh -oh. i would agree on on a lot of that most of them are harmless occult enthusiast at best and he, you know because they're not dark yeah i'm not saying everyone is dark but I, that leaves the possibility for some of them, the rest, we could say the remainder of them to be dark magicians. Or... Which is just the human way. Wow. You we always Freudian go. I mean, I mean, it's true. I mean, there's always bad humans. Yeah. You, that you can have something good. There's always a couple that will destroy their whole company. During one occasion, Father Amorth was kicked by a demon-possessed victim yeah. so hard that his leg was broken. Uh. But most attacks were in the form of spitting. 
Yeah, that's gross. A manifestation of scorn and spite felt by demons against the exorcist and his prayers. Sometimes it wasn't spit being projected from the patient's mouth. During one ritual, Amorth went to cover the patient's mouth while she was spitting and foaming it, and when he pulled his hand away, it was filled with nails. This, in his view, is not uncommon. Nails and, and metal would be spit up by demons to hurt or scare their victims. He experienced metal and glass shards along with the radio being spit up. One piece. With a radio? Yeah, one piece at a time. Oh, okay. I was like, damn. <laughs> it's like an anaconda or something like that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too, wow. when I first read that. Yeah, I've heard some crazy stories exorcism related. Like, there's this one of nuns that had to constantly, constantly be bringing back and forth buckets because this one victim was. Didn't we talk about that here? Yeah, yeah. Well, not not on the podcast, but like outside, we've we've mentioned it. Yeah, but literally, like, there's some crazy ass stories associated. That's why I'm like, some of these things are real. I'm not saying all of them for sure, but they're some of them have crazy stories. Crazy stories does not always mean they're real, though. I know, but that's not what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. You get it. Evidence-based. Scientific proof. I think our listeners get it, too, but I'm just picking on you. Yeah. Oh, no. Amorth was actually a fan of the film The Exorcist. I imagine, yeah. Even though he said the rituals were not correct and Reagan's actions and contortions were exaggerated, the movie did raise awareness in the public of the dangers of demonic possession. As entertainment. Oh, this is where I wanted you to ask, what about the green vomit? Christian, what about the green vomit? Possessed will sometimes vomit, but not with the force shown in The Exorcist. So it's not like projectile, you know, yeah. three meters away from you. Not going to knock you on your ass. Yeah. I said not, not from the force. Yeah. Maybe the stench. Yeah, for sure the stench. <laughs> And when it comes to levitation, he says this does happen, but he only experienced it twice in 30 years. There was a, this time he was exercising an old lady who was able to crawl the walls like a reptile. Mm, that's the creepiest image you can possibly. That is pretty creepy. An old lady crawling on the walls. Ugh. Of course, I think he was wrong here because she was obviously an undercover reptilian. Evil aliens, not evil demons. Father Morth was old school Catholic very conservative and willing to call out what he thought was Satan's influence in the world. He called yoga satanic because it was linked to Eastern religions, which are sometimes centered around the belief of reincarnation. So this is the type of guy that was so firm in his beliefs that he put a probably been burning heretics in, in a different age. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And yoga, hey, for all you downward dogsters out there, I guess it's out. Yoga's been canceled. Well, here's another one. Hmm. Also canceled, he was critical of Harry Potter. Uh-oh, don't tell your daughter that. Yeah. He said the wizarding world encourages children to believe in black magic and distance themselves from prayer. Checks out. You know, this is, like I said, this guy, if exorcisms were real, he's doing the Lord's work a lot. But also, he's the type that burned people at the stake for not being Catholic in the old days hey who are we to judge number one number two i have heard theories about harry potter and obviously a lot of them are pretty out there but i remember years ago one of the big ones was that jk rowling was apparently possessed by i think like it was like i forget what i what the number was but it was like six demons or like five demons that helped her or wrote through her the books of harry potter so yeah there's some weird stories out there man you know i mean i've heard some of them yeah but obviously that's probably false but i said probably false Obviously, that's not most likely, but, yeah. you know, uh, J.K. Rowling may have some problems, but 
I don't think the demons helped her write the book. That's just the type of stories that get dropped out, like leaked from wherever. Yeah. You're just like, whoa, what? And there's always been stories like that. They just are really rampant now that we have social media. So we're going to get a little bit more into some The Exorcist type stuff. Yeah, hell yeah, we are Christian. Yeah. Father Morth. And actually, I have a pot. I have a actual uh, possession coming up here. Like scheduled into your day? Yeah, at the end of this episode, we're going to do a... Oh, we have someone coming in? We're going to reenact a possession that, that was sounds... actually filmed and you can find on YouTube. Hmm. Father Amorth is 91 in a story from William Friedkin in Vanity Fair published in 2016. Wait, this dude's still alive? No, this is 2016. Oh, so six he's, years he's ago. now, but he was alive at this time. Okay, seven and, years ago. I, I know math. <laughs> yeah, William Friedkin is the director of The Exorcist. Friedkin has never seen an exorcism, even though he brought it into the mainstream along with Linda Blair. Okay, so this is a story of a girl named Christina. Is this you from earlier in the episode? I don't know. When your teacher came in and called you Christina Turner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Christina was educated but could not work due to behavioral issues that caused fits, especially around Christian holidays. Whoa. Yeah. Somebody doesn't like Christmas or Easter. Any of the religious ones. Or I, the Harvest Festival. No. Harvest is a different. That's pagan. No, I'm thinking of the Christian version. What's that called? Thanksgiving? No. Halloween? No. The Harvest Festival. Mm-hmm. At churches, you wouldn't have like a Halloween party, like a scare. You'd have like a, uh, someone out there has been to church. And yeah. Seen one of these, I haven't but... been to those kind of churches. Yeah. You stuck to the. My church is just a knockoff. Catholic church. Yeah. They like geometry for whatever reason. Geometry. Yeah. Anglican. Oh yeah. Haha. Got him. So one thing with Christina, she had been sent to traditional medicine and psychiatry, which was normal for father Amorth and normal for the show you and I have been watching evil, right? Evil. Yeah. CBS available on Paramount plus seasons one through four. Yeah. So three similar to that. They real exorcist have psychiatric help to make sure that it's not the brain as opposed to a demon which is what you kind of need to do you you know what what you should do you know what we need to have is a reality series around exorcists now that would get probably the most views in human history is if you just had a reality crew going around with this exorcist and psychologist father morth felt that this affliction was the result of a curse from her her brother's girlfriend she was a witch and they were members of what morth called a demonic cult Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So during this time, Friedkin, he basically had asked, if can I film an exorcism? And Amorth said yes, because Amorth was smart enough to promote exorcism. Mm. Yeah. He actually is responsible for there being more exorcists in the church now. So this is an exorcist we can, or an exorcism we can pull up on YouTube and watch. Yes. On our way to subscribe at Freaky Deaky Pod on YouTube, we can pull this video up. Exactly. And we can watch it well right after or right before we subscribe to Ad Freaky Pod. Yeah, after you re- listen to this episode, check the links. Yeah. Maybe we'll throw it in there. Yeah, we probably won't. Yeah, but we, tr- we try to, but... If Christian sees it, he'll add it. If yeah. I do not have the mental capacity to remember things past five minutes at any given time. Now, I'm not going to do this in Italian. Damn it. Actually, I'm going to do this first line in Italian just because it looks fun. But William Friedkin was sitting next to Christina... And Father Amorth was, and I'll try to do this right, exorcizo deo, <laughs> deo. immunissimus spiritus. Now say it one time fast. No. I exorcise, oh God, this unclean spirit. And she passed out. Ouch. It's a home run hit right there. Yeah. Be afraid of Satan and the enemies of 
faith, he, he's yelled. At this, she was conscious and thrashing. The muscle, which I'll call the people in the room helping out, struggled to hold her. And she was foaming at the mouth. Leave in the name of the Father, Christina was trying to attack. Let him go, O oh God, God Almighty. Now, Christina couldn't speak Latin. But now she could. But the demon knew and screamed, my, M-A-I, in Father Amor's face. Which means? I think it comes up here in a minute. Oh, cool. And this one, Scott, find the sound of bees buzzing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Don't have to look for it. Yeah. There was the sound of buzzing like bees. Everybody in the room prays. Except for the demon. Yeah. And from here, we're going to let Vanity Fair, which is the article William Freakin wrote about yeah. this. Oh, pretty well-known publication. Yes. Then Father Amorth called out the satanic cults, the superstition, the black magic that had possessed her. She reacted growling and screamed, my, I guess that's how you say it. The scream filled the room. Another voice from deep within her shouted in his face, don't touch her, don't ever touch her. Her eyes were still closed and Father Amorth yelled, surrender. She reacted violently, Io sono satana, I am Satan. Yep, could have put that together myself. Yep. Room gets cold and the buzzing is still there. That a neat, you know, it's that annoyed bee ter that turns your blood to ice when it's your, in your ear or near your ear. What? I call it bee buzz terror. Is that what you call it, Christian? That's what I made it up to bee be. Bee buzz terror? Yeah, just because it's funny when I think about, you know, that you know that this feeling is like when a bee is buzzing by your ears. I've seen you mm -hmm. react to bees five feet away. And yeah, oh yeah, I don't <laughs> with bees all right like i'm sorry that's just the god's honest truth i will i'm a big ass when it comes to bees, okay? like that's fine that's fine guys i don't mean to be so crass but it's the truth you know yeah i don't do bees all right folks yep. not gonna happen if you call me up and say scott do you do bees i'm gonna say no i when as soon as i read the bee buzzing i was like oh scott would be out of this exorcism i bet guys i'm just gonna go ahead and sit in the lobby you mind yeah. if i wait in the lobby <laughs> So we're going to go back to the Vanity Fair for some more. And I'm for, not... You could say we're going back for some more. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I don't get it. <laughs> Father of Morth, some oh, more. Some, some we're more. going back for some more. Okay. You're combining the two. It's fine. Yeah. Mia Morth. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Father of Morth yells, leave her now. Again, my. Answer me. No. Satana. Satana. How many demons are you? 80 legions. Which is a lot. The other one was just legion, and they were many. So yeah. imagine 80, that, 80 times that. Yeah. In the name of God, when are you leaving? My, she's mine. She belongs to me. She belongs to Jesus Christ. We are an army. Rest, creature of God, Father Morth said quietly. This was the end of this session. And this is the one that was witnessed by the director and the lady? Yes. But there's more to the story. After, when asked about whether she had seen physicians or psychoanalysts about this, Christina said, it was useless to go to doctors. My problem is caused by evil spirits. When Freakin asked Father Morth about his previous statement about the church scandal and Satan in the Vatican, he said, yes, today Satan rules the world. The masses no longer believe in God. And yes, Satan is in the Vatican. Christina canceled her 10th exorcism. It was to be filmed again. Her family said she did not feel up to it. Freaking so she like calls it up like a doctor's office and is like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make my 10th one. Sorry. Pretty much. Me and the demon got some shit to get down with. You know, exactly. The sickness and whatnot. Down with the <laughs> Friedkin wanted to shoot some scenes of normalcy in, in Christina's life. This was scheduled, canceled, and rescheduled. 
and canceled again. Been there. Finally, he went to a place near her home. After some confusion and frustration, they met outside of a church. Christina was again possessed by the demon without Father Amorth there to help. She fell to the ground with her mother trying to restrain her. With her mother trying to restrain She fell to the ground with her mother trying to restrain her. She fought against her mother, not Friedkin. The mother began demanding in Italian that he give her the film of the exorcism. She said it must never be seen. Christina was yelling at this time that she wanted it to be seen. What, and the mother says, what will happen to my son if the film is shown? Weird, right? Because we, yeah, that's like, I don't give a crap about my daughter, but I'm worried about my son. Was the son aware that this was going on with the daughter? Or is that like in the story? Yeah. The son, at, I don't recall seeing the son at all mentioned before this. Weird. Yeah. So the mother's name is Giuliano. Giuliano. Yeah. And she yelled, if you don't give it back to us, we will kill you. Satan will kill you. We will find your family and we will kill you all. Christina never talked to Father Amorth again. She didn't respond to return calls and she was under the control of the family. Father Amorth would pass away before she could break free and come back to get his help. Friedkin mentioned something Amorth had said to him. He said, do you know why the devil is afraid of me? Because I'm uglier than he is. Classic. And there's a few times Amorth is kind of funny. You got to keep it light. You know? Yeah. You got to keep it real light. He is like, like I think his book, The Devil is Afraid of Me. Hmm. I'm like, that's not your typical priest you see. The devil, he don't like me. Yeah. In Venafro, in southeastern Italy, near Alatri, there, according to one of Amorth's assistant, the clergyman recently performed an exorcism on Christina. In the middle of the ritual, the clergyman called on the spirit of Father Amorth for intercession. Christina began to writhe and scream, don't, don't call him. So, Not daddy. I, I brought some science to this. Oh, cool. Actually, I didn't. Hey, kids. <laughs> William Friedkin, yeah. after he was done filming this and got back to the States, he went to see some of his, some science people. Friedkin sat down with neurosurgeons and researchers in California and prominent psychiatrists in New York to get a scientific view. Grab your lab coats and beakers. Yeah. It's science time. We'll get to the California group of neuroscientists in a minute. Jeffrey Lieberman, director of the New York State Psychiatric Institute, said, I've never believed in ghosts or that stuff, but I've had a couple of cases, one in particular that really gave me pause. This was a young girl in her 20s from a Catholic family in Brooklyn, and she was referred to me with schizophrenia, and she definitely had bizarre and psychotic-like behavior, disorganized thinking, disturbed attention, hallucinations, but it wasn't classic schizophrenic behavior. Hmm. And she responded to nothing. He added with emphasis, usually you get some response, but there was no response. We started to do families therapy. All of a sudden, some strange things start happening. Accidents, hearing things. I wasn't thinking anything of it, but this unfolded over months. One night I went to see her and then conferred with a colleague. And afterwards I went home and there was kind of a blue light in the house. And all of a sudden I had this piercing pain in my head and I called my co colleague and she had the same thing. And this was really weird. The girl's family was prone to superstition and they may have mentioned demon possession or something like that, but I obviously didn't believe it. But when this happened, I just got completely freaked out. It wasn't a psychiatric disorder. 
You want to call it a spiritual possession, but somehow, like in The Exorcist, we were the enemy. This was basically a battle between the doctors and whatever it was that afflicted the individual. Hmm. So this is a fancy science guy reporting this, well, huh? Psychiat psychiatrists. Like I think we mentioned before. Mind science. Yeah, some a lot of scientists don't believe that's science. Mm. Yeah, what a shocker. But now we'll go to science. Oh, cool. Fine. Dr. Neil Martin is a chief neurosurgery is chief of neurosurgery at the UCLA Medical Center. He's performed more than five thousand brain surgeries and is regularly cited as in the top one percent of his speciality. So this guy has a pretty big ego and he thinks he's God. Yeah, we thought Dr. House was bad. Exactly. This Dr. Guy... House is a neuroscientist mm. or neurosurgeon would be worse. So he had watched the video of Christina mm. and this was his response. Absolutely amazing. There's a major force at work within her somehow. I don't know the underlying origin of it. She's not separated from the environment. She's not in a catatonic state. She's responding to the priest and is aware of the context. The energy she shows is amazing. The priest on the right is struggling to control her. He's holding her down, as are the others, and the sweat is dripping off his face. And it's at a time when she's not sweating. This doesn't seem to be hallucinations. She appears to be engaged in the process, but resisting. You can see she has no ability to pull herself back. Hmm. Freed can ask Dr. Martin if this was some kind of brain disorder. It doesn't look like schizophrenia or, or epilepsy, he said. It could be delirium, an agitated disconnection from normal behavior, but the powerful verbalization we're hearing, that's not what you get with delirium. With delirium, you see the struggling, maybe the yelling, but this guttural voice seems like it's coming from someplace. I've done thousands of surgeries on brain tumors, traumatic brain injuries, ruptured brain aneurysms, infections affecting the brain, and I haven't seen this kind of consequence from any of those disorders. This goes beyond anything I've ever experienced, that's for certain. Interesting take. Yeah, I got one more. Another one? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. But please don't. Yeah, I We've had this discussion before. We have, fairly recently. Yeah. So he also showed the, the video to Dr. Itzak Fried, a neurosurgeon and a, a clinical specialist in epilepsy surgery, seizure disorder, and the study of human memory. He is based at both UCLA and the Tel Aviv Sorosky Medical Center. This was his conclusion. It looks like something authentic. She's like a caged animal. I don't think there is a loss of consciousness or contact because she's in contact with the people. She appears to respond to the people who talk to her. It's a striking change in behavior. I believe everything originates in the brain. So which part of the brain could serve this type of behavior? The limbic system, which has to do with emotional processing of stimuli in the temporal lobe. I don't see this as ep epilepsy. It's not necessarily a lesion. It's a physiological state. It seems to be associated with religious things. In the temporal lobe, there's something called hyper-religiosity. You probably won't have this in someone who has no religious background. Can I characterize it? Maybe. Can I treat it? No. Uh, Wheatfried can ask Dr. Fried if he believed in God, and he took a long pause before answering, I do believe there is a, li a limit to human understanding. Beyond this limit, I'm willing to recognize an entity called God. Yeah, surprisingly, what they don't tell you about most scientists, well, I'd say I think like 80% of them actually believe in higher powers. I mean, there's... Is around 70 to 80%, I want to say. Even if the higher powers, Mother Nature, oh, mixing God. together, 
everyone DNA. Brace, brace yourselves. I mean, it's I still a guy no, coming. I'm saying it's not. <laughs> it's not always that impressive yeah. when a scientist says he believes in a higher power, mm. because that doesn't always mean like God. He's, he could just be talking about his mother or a primordial soup creating life. I mean, okay, you God, know what I mean. Do no, you have to? Don't, don't trust the science. <laughs> I mean, I believe a lot of science to believe in a higher power, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not going to quantify it. Yeah. Because they're scientists. Exactly. And that's against their training. And some people's brains just don't work like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if my brain's kind of like that, where it's really hard for me to have, mm. you know, faith in something like that. Yeah. You have the opposite of corpulous religiosity or whatever the place is called in your brain. Yeah. 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 I'm probably, I've just, you know, I've been exposed to religion. I have no problem with religion. Mm, that could be debatable. I have problems you, with people that run religions. Yeah. Not necessarily religions. I don't really care. I think, yeah. I think there's a place for everybody's religions. Unlike mm, except for father of Morth. Yeah. Uh, father of Morth. There's just one religion and one place that you can get it in the Christian world. And that's the Catholic church. Yeah. Everything else sounds like Satan. In his yeah. eyes. So no, it's, it's so he's a little, confusing. like, I'm impressed with what he does. I'm excited to see the movie, just because even though that, you know, they're going to spice it up and. You don't know that. I don't know, man. It looks, it, I've, I've seen the trailer. Maybe it looks as realistic as it was. Christian, you ever thought about that? No. I'm hoping because of who this is mm -hmm. that while we might get some sensational stuff that they do with normal exorcism of movies, yeah. but I also hope it's a little bit more grounded in the way father morth described it you yeah. know because he wasn't very i didn't feel like he was sensational yeah. he actually toned down all the sensational stuff like his hundred thousand exorcisms i think he's counting those as certain prayers mm. you know to, to protect people or yeah to help him have to have a full-blown like yeah because there's no way he had time he probably did it with groups mm. you know and stuff like that and then with the real ones they sent him out to get their you know, to get checked medically and, and psychologically. And if they still, if that didn't work, they might accept them to be exercised. Yeah. And then sometimes the exorcism lasted for months or years, which in this case reminds me a lot of psychiatry coming back to the office every week yeah. to sit down with your therapist, coming back every week to sit down with father or more and have them say some prayers for you. It's, it's interesting how similar it is, but some people that some scientists believe that an exorcism could help, like say, hmm? uh, a, a very religious person that isn't really possessed but thinks they are. Yeah. You could do an exorcism, bada bing, bada boom, and it and it may work, and it'll work on them sometimes. Yeah, I just think, well, it's funny because you're like, it'll probably be sensationalized. But there were some stories in that episode that were very sensational as far as what happened or what he witnessed. So, I mean, that's why that's why I say, like, who's to say that the stuff that you see in the movies, even though, like, aspects of it were sensationalized, aren't pretty close to what the dude actually witnessed firsthand, you know? Yeah, I don't believe in all the supernatural stuff. I do believe that a regular person could seem possessed and yeah. could speak other languages in certain cases. Hmm. It's it's strange, but also, you know, like Father Amorth said, it's that doesn't normally happen. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just mundane, saying prayers. Yeah, exactly. He said he had, what, hundreds of real exorcisms as yeah. opposed to, yeah. yeah. So, so, I don't know, man. So, it's okay to have some sensationalist stuff, because that's what you need for a movie. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that. And it seems like there will be some of that. Yeah. But also, grounded a little bit, because this guy was a real person. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about him. I mean, he's 
fought his fascist government back in World War II in Italy. So he's fighting against Mussolini's people. Mussolini, yeah. And then he's recognized after the war for for what he did. So he was kind of a badass to begin with. And his family sounds like they were all smart because they're lawyers and judges. Hmm. And he went on to be a badass for the Lord. Yeah. Fought fought the... he, He fought the... Allies of the Nazis. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then after they, they were downed, he'd he like, okay, I'm done with fighting. I'm not going to go into politics like my friend. I'm going to go into devil whooping ass. Yeah. And at that time, he didn't think that's what he was going to do. Well, yeah, who does? Like I, mean, he's, I guess there's a handful of people like, I'm going to be an exorcist yeah. when I get older. Yeah, he just died, what, five or six years ago? That's kind of a bummer he didn't get to see his movie. Yeah, that'd be so badass. It's like, what, they made a movie about the me? Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah. Be very fast. It's because he's just so confident and cocky, like yeah. not being afraid. Like in the movies, all those priests, they have that underlying fear. And that's part of the story. Yeah. But he's like, no, man, God will protect me. It may hurt as this thing kills me, but I'm fine. My soul will be fine. I'm going to heaven. And I guess the exorcist that taught him was the same way. Hmm. He's like, no, you know, don't worry. Be happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do an episode on like just exorcism stories too, because some of those are really fascinating. You read through a bunch while you were researching this one, right? Yeah. Did you have, were there any that stuck out to you where you're like, I really enjoyed this? I oh, there were a bunch. Yeah. This one I, I kind of tumped because I started in one place. Yeah. And then I'm like, I found a bunch of information about Father Amorth and I'm like, let's just, since the movie's coming out, let's talk about him because he's got, he's got a fascinating career and yeah. I, and I, I will probably look into him a little bit more just because of how fascinating it is. Um, you saying if, you would look into him a little more? Th- <laughs> a little, a little more. Th- a little more. Th- okay. Yeah. That's the a last father of Morth pun. Yeah. Of the evening. Sorry. Yeah. So now we get to go out tomorrow and watch the movie. What movie? Are you serious right now? Oh yeah. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Good. What, what are we doing? Sometimes I get mixed up with time travel. Yeah. Yeah, we're about six weeks in the past, or five, roughly. What's your favorite part about this Father Morth story? I really liked his attitude, and then I liked the fact that Friedkin came in. Never, you know, he made a move. He made the most famous exorcist movie of all time, hmm. brought it into the mainstream. But when he made the movie, I got the feeling he didn't even give a crap. Yeah, it was just a good story. Yeah. So then he went and watches this exorcism and he's just like fascinated. And then when he sees the family after they were canceling on a more mm. and the lady's like, we will kill you. Satan will kill you. You know, I'm like, okay, that's a little much. I think we understand maybe where this possession came from. Mm. Something with the family, because you, you don't just throw out. Like if you're a, a, a true believer, a Catholic believer, you can't just tell someone Satan's going to kill you when you're mad at him. You can, but it's not ideal. It's, it's not. It's probably not looked it's upon. It's frowned upon. Yeah. yeah. The Lord might question you a little bit in the afterlife on that one. Yeah. It's like, hey, so that bit about Satan killing these people, uh, what part of you are not me did you not get? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a fascinating tale. It really is. Yeah. And exorcism stories are always the best. I love them, even They're though great. I don't believe them. I know, yeah. What a weird thing to say. It's fine. So, yeah, is that is that the conclusion? Yes. That is the conclusion. Uh, we will at some point, we will at some point get you 
that is an exorcism story episode because I have there's so many to go around, but there's I mean some very popular ones, but let's try to find some that are maybe a little lesser known, you know. Yeah. Tell us, let us know what your favorite exorcist stories that you've heard that you want us to go into. Yeah. Is it your own? Send it to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. And if it's not your own, just comment it somewhere or send it in too. Whatever works for you. What if they just take it up a notch and like, we're not going to send you the story. We're just going to send you the demon. Nice. We need to get some some protection. You open a box and you're like, oh, sweet. It's an air guitar. And turns out it's not. Yeah. Just an empty box. It's a demon. It's a demon, folks. We got a demon. Anyway. Yeah, it's an air guitar. It used to be owned by Robert Johnson. Classic Crossroads Blues. But yeah. in the meantime, go ahead and check us out on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and at TFT Paranormal on TikTok. Uh, again, if you have a story of your own, send it to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com or leave us a voicemail at 801-997-0051. In the meantime, we will uh, see you right back here next week on the Frinkity Dinkity. Goodbye.